0: it's week 10 and this week we are previewing the mizzou matchup as the tigers travel to athens georgia to take on the dogs the winner will be in the driver's seat for the sec east as always i'm cheeto and with me is my co-host keegan and welcome back to another episode of dogs off the leash
1: Dogs I do it for the dogs. I do it for the dogs, I do it for the dogs. I do it for my dogs. Who you do it for? Who you do it for? Who you do it for? I do it for the dogs. I do it for my dogs. A big one.
0: Number we two, UGA up. versus number twelve, Missouri. CMP hmm. rankings are finally out. Keegan, initial thoughts. Well, first, you know,
1: you know them dogs are number one on this podcast, but with the new rankings out, yes, we have to acknowledge a number two, but the season is young. and the beautiful thing is this home stretch will really prove our championship medal. And I think that is where we can, you know hop hop ahead to number one. But yes, a beautiful matchup, Missouri coming to town. Studying this team, dude, they're they're pretty nice. Like we gave Florida some credit, <laughs> you know, that first drive, and then we we whooped that ass. But this Missouri team, they deserve credit as well. And a lot of a lot of pieces. And I'm gonna be honest, I feel great about the dogs because one thing is true. Anytime you put us number two, you're gonna have to pay for that. Honestly, so. that's the best thing <laughs> that could happen to us.
0: Best thing that could have happened to us. And and let's be fair. Let's be honest. So I was on, I was on Twitter X, whatever we're calling it. I I still call it Twitter. I'm old. I was kind of going around and I saw a post and it was a post of a compilation of, you know, nowadays each school has their own media program and they do their own post and all that stuff. So if you don't know the first four in the ranking are Ohio state at one, Georgia at two, Michigan at three, and then Florida state each school had posted kind of celebrating their position in the rankings, except for UGA, (laughs) UGA, the post was more or less back to work back to the grind. And I think that's really the, like the, the vibe around dog nation right now, we, we're going to use this as bulletin board material. We've been getting poked at about how we've kind of manifested or, Imagine the seven and five slight, but this is a perfect one as well. And all respect to Ohio State, they played a tougher schedule. They've looked good defensively, maybe not offensively. Michigan's in the same boat as us, undefeated. Um, but maybe not the toughest schedule. And then FSU has been respectable. Um, so they should be there. So this is this is great for UGA going in and for Missouri at number 12, the highest ranking that they've had during the CFP era. So this is a team that's well balanced. We're gonna hop into that, but don't think this is going to be a pushover game. We're going to get tested, but as number one, that's exactly what you want. And we're sitting here in November. It's almost your birthday, correct? Coming up. Beautiful
1: crisp fall air. Coming up. And in Missouri is the team we're really talking about being the, the one that is going to – it's gonna, it's us or them for the SEC East. That's what it really boils down that's to. That's what
0: it's looking like, yeah.
1: So did could we have foreseen that? I honestly don't think so but if you hindsight you can always be so genius in hindsight but what team pushed us outside of Ohio State last year it was Missouri
0: it was Missouri
1: it was Missouri and you know there's there's something too like maybe who who's maybe the most transcending team right now in the NFL I think this, this kind of correlates it's I would say the Dolphins in my opinion like they're kind of the the most emergent team, and they have kind of a quirky coach, Mike McDaniels, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he he kind of, like, is in the same category. I think, like, old Mike Leach was ahead of his time. as this kind of quirky character, you know, nerdy kind of coach. I think Eli Drinkwitz kind of fits that mold. And I think he kind of has that kind of esque, like just to throw some comparisons to kind of like frame the mindset of what I do kind of respect about him because Missouri is maybe an odd candidate this season coming in from what we expected to be, you know, the fierce competitor bound for that SEC spot, right? But I do think a big part of that is also the odd characterization that Eli kind of leads with because – everything from like the stylistic approach to just how he kind of like represents himself in general I just I I find there to be a very strong parallel and I think it to be very fitting that you know Missouri is that team because oddly enough we do kind of have like a fire history with Missouri nothing too crazy but you know they've only been in the league since what 20, 2011, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. They they I believe they came in with a uh, and m if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, and we've had some great barn burners, and they've actually been the team that that popped it off on us, and mm-hmm. then got into the SEC championship. That was
0: before yeah. Kirby's time. I looked that up, but yes, they have been the representatives of the East. They've always been like a B plus type of program, right? Yeah. I remember that Chase Daniels back in the day who went to the NFL. Like that was uh, some really good seasons that they have. So they're they're a program that I don't know about demands respect, but they're a respected program because they've, they've done some things for a school that doesn't get a bunch of media hype or attention around the way. And just to set the stage here with the sec East uh, where everybody's at. So Georgia right now is four and O in the division five and O in conference play. And our dog fans know this. We have old miss left and Tennessee. So one West opponent, one East opponent. Mizzou is three and O in the division and 3 and 1 overall with their loss to LSU. They lost that game I want to say it was 49 to 39. Obviously LSU's got an elite offense. I'm hoping we can put up points that way as well, but they finish with Tennessee, Florida and Arkansas. So if anything, this game is important for the Dogs because this will be the tiebreaker. Right. If it, if it works out to where, you know, Tennessee beats us both or we lose one and they finish out. We need this one to stay over Missouri if they happen to tie us in the division race since they have an extra SEC game. So uh, with that being said, this is a huge game. And Keegan, I know you want to talk a little bit about the university. And then I want to jump into the matchup from last year to this year, because I feel like that's where the story's got to go.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I think these tigers, we know they come from Columbia, Missouri. If you want to be on the inside, use the inside language That's we're talking about Como. Okay. That's what, that's what these tigers like glad to call it. They'd be talking about Como. You'd be like, who's in a Como? You'd be like, no, Como, (laughs) Como, Como, Come on. Uh, Anyway. So there's that. And then just, just some fun facts about these here tigers. We like dropping little alumni nuggets, especially when it's a school while we are, you know, familiar with them, I think we kind of sleep on Missouri. I think it's just easy to. How how can you not? They're kind of they're still kind of the new blood for us for us old heads, you know, that remember them old days, you know what I'm saying? But three notable alumni that I'm gonna drop on y'all. First, my boy, BP in the building, <laughs> not British Petroleum, but the Brad Pitt. Come on now. I didn't know that. That's that's a that's a banger alumni right there. Also Cheryl Crow, okay.
0: you know what I'm that's another banger. Like, low key, yeah. up
1: the sun in this in this guy, and then last but not, definitely not least, this is an old throwback. Before my literary nerds, Tennessee Williams, who penned one of the most classic of all classics, "A Streetcar Named Desire." So if y'all took an AP Literature, you know what I'm talking
0: about. AP Lit, stand
1: up. Hey, AP Lit, shout out. So <laughs> so anyway, Missouri you know, like I said, it it all kind of comes to their kind of quirky character and Eli Drinkowitz, how they've cobbled together a good team, very much like Georgia in a way, in a lot of ways, they're kind of like the poor man's Georgia. They do a lot of things that we do well, very well. And while there's, you know, familiarity with some of their stars, like Brad Pitt, there's also familiarity on the sidelines. I know you wanted to touch on that. So, Tell us like we have a little bit of I wouldn't say bad blood, but there's uh there's there's some faces on the field they're gonna meet with yes. Yeah. and
0: See and you know. again, when when you're talking about UGA, pundits have used whatever they can to poke holes in the resume, right? And something that dog fans know really well is, oh, they almost lost at Missouri last year, right? And you can look at it two ways. Missouris can use that to be like, hey, we almost had them. and uh twenty six to twenty two win where we were down ten in the fourth before we came back really put it together and then UGA can use it as take this team seriously. We almost lost last year. So all those things are true, but I'll, and they have returning starters. Plus those starters have increased in how they played this year. We're definitely going to talk about Luther burden and Dominic love it from last year. Obviously we have love it with us now, but this ain't last year. Okay. That's over with. And you had a chance to beat the number one team. I believe we're number one at the time at home in missouri you missed out on that opportunity now you got to come to athens georgia and um the stats will show that they're not really good when it comes to penalties and you know you come to athens you're you're good for about four false starts and some other penalties too so that definitely works in our favor but we are still without brock bowers but we still have weapons including the, the aforementioned dominic lovett dominic lovett was a big piece of their offense last year They used him in the slot and put him in a bunch of different situations, were really creative with him, and attacked us in that game. Didn't blow the doors off of our defense, but definitely found some seams, found some pockets in the zone, good good matchups, and really exploited that. This year, I do expect Dominic Lovett to be used in this game, kind of as a, hey, you remember me? But please, please, please understand that this guy, Luther Burden, who is also going to be put in the slot the way Dominic was last year, is one of the best wide receivers in the country today. As far as the tiers go, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr. He's in a tier by himself up at the top. Him and Brock Bowers, as far as offensive weapons, they're they're in a category by themselves. You've got a you've got a couple receivers from some smaller schools, and then one from Washington who is helping Pennix really put up those numbers. And then you got right there top five in yards and yards per game in Luther Burden, heavily recruited by UGA five-star. We really wanted him. He ended up staying and he is making a name for himself. I believe up, up to this point, he has got 900 receiving yards. And then he's averaging about 113 uh, yards per game and about six touchdowns, which puts him top 10, top 15. So he is going to be huge in this game. And uh, Keegan, I want to get your touch on that. But defensively, what I'm expecting, one of the heroes from the last game that we played against them, Malachi Starks, Tyke Smith. Malachi last year ran down a running back that was about to go score Schrader. We'll talk about him 63 yard run. I believe it was could if six, if it would have been 64 it would have been a touchdown. So I expect Malachi to either shadow him or maybe they'll move him around to the star, but if not, Tyke's in the star. So I, we have, weapons to guard him so that matchup is the one that I am most looking forward to Keegan I got to get your take on Luther Burden Dominic Lovett and what are you expecting from that particular matchup on Saturday well
1: Dominic is a beast and if it weren't for Brock Bowers I think we'd have already seen a lot more of Dominic and I still think that we will continue to see a lot more of him because you got to understand a lot of these guys that are getting all these reps they've been in the offense two three years so they really know the plays and as you know, as quick as he's caught on, and he's you know been a part of our offense, definitely done pretty good this season. But he had a lot of hype. Like, like can we go back? Can we can we rewind six months ago when we were talking all about Dominic Lovett? That's we all whole, we heard. And we had a whole podcasts about Dominic Lovett. Can we fast forward now and and like overemphasize that? Yes, he was like for all credit. And you know, Luther Burden's getting better and better. I think he might be in that next tier next year yeah but last year Dominic Lovett had him sitting kind of as the sidekick in the offense so like that's how integral he was to them so Dominic Lovett is a dude I think Georgia should lean heavy on the run but I think this could be a game that yeah like it it's set up perfectly for Dominic Lovett he's kind of catching his stride in the offense we need production last week it was Ladd McConkey. But, dude, Dominic Lovett could go off. And speaking of going off, Luther Burden has that ability. And, like, I think one word to describe him would be kind of, like, wiry. Like, he is explosive for sure, but his just ability to be kind of wiry, almost, like, stretchy. He's got that Spider-Man-like quality. Comparisons in the modern day, how about a dog, George Pickens? He's got that kind of stretchy catching ability, okay? He really does, and as far as just overall athletic s- skill, we can take it to a college player. We all know pretty familiar mm-hmm. if you're a listener of this podcast or just been paying attention that this year, and that is the Travis Hunter. So he has that kind of comparison. So I like think, that. I think by the end of this season, we might really be talking about a, a lot more of Luther Burden and how they use him is really as a Swiss Army knife. Like they'll put him in the slot. But they'll they'll move him around the field anywhere at the receiver position. Count on him to catch a screen, to run the ball like they really use him. Base he is basically their Brock Bowers for all intents and purposes. And like he's a you know he's he's a little bit different in the fact that you know he's probably even more stretchy, and you know obviously he's a little bit leaning more into the speed and you know the you know the quickness versus the physicality. But he is a physical dude, so. Luther Burden easily could be the best player that Georgia faces all season. And I think that historically, for the last few, you know, handful of years, it's been elite receiver, elite receivers who have been Georgia's kryptonite, right? So, like, we, we know that that was almost what put us out with Ohio State last year. So, what better than to get a, you know, I wouldn't say it's a tune-up game. A, a true, true test against an elite receiver, and you know th- they're they're a stacked team. So th- it's not it's not just Luther Burden. You got to key in on him. We'll get all into it, but this team has a lot of weapons. Luther Burden's one of them. If you don't know his name by now, I'm sure they're going to try to give it to him twenty times. You're going to hear
0: about it. Yeah, you definitely. And I, I'm glad that you brought that up because we were talking about um, that point that you made about wide receivers in pre-production, for lack of a better term. And I wanted to push back on it a little bit while I do understand exactly what you're saying. I, I think that I'm I'm comfortable with a team having an elite wide receiver over a team against Georgia having that elite quarterback play. Let me tell you why. Going back to Tennessee last year, they had, um what, Cedric and McCoy and Hyatt last year, right? Shut them down. Because we were able to affect the quarterback, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. went off on us in the uh the peach bowl of New Year's. But the biggest reason I think he did that, CJ Stroud, a top NFL draft pick, going all the way back to Joe Burrow. So whereas Burden is an elite wide receiver and he can give us trouble, I fear mostly Kirby defenses historically, that dual threat, explosive with the run, explosive with the pass, those quarterbacks, um, scare me more than other quarterbacks. Brady Cook is not quite that, but I just wanted to point that out because that's that's going to come down the road as we kind of get going. And I think if anything, this offense is going to help us prepare for Ole Miss next week. Going to help us prepare for Tennessee. They're not as explosive as they was with the players I just mentioned, but still, this is going to be a great task for the UGA defense, the secondary to step it up. We saw the front seven really play well last week. It's the secondary's time. So a lot of that's going to come down to containing... And or stopping or limiting Luther Burden. Usually, players like that you cannot stop. AKA, like in the NBA, the player is always going to get theirs, but we can limit the damage that he can cause. Make sure we tackle him when he gets the ball. Do not let him get behind us in the secondary and have safety eyes on him at all times.
1: Yeah, and I I would say those guys you mentioned the Tennessee had, they're not as good as Luther Burden, right? Like fair. If Tennessee had Luther Burden. I'd be a lot. I'd have been a lot more. Absolutely worse. fair. Like, he is a dude. They will use him anywhere and everywhere. Shit. They, they might even have him play quarterback at some point in time. Like, he's just, he's just like, a beast. So. Yeah,
0: just for the sake of argument, I, I I think we've been burnt by elite quarterbacks more than the wide receivers. Hopefully this is not the game to where, you know, he makes me look but bad. Hey, but he, he is Brady capable. Kirk. He is capable. I want you to understand he is capable of that. But I trust our secondary. Malachi Starks versus Burden, I'll take that. You know what I mean? I'll take that as far as a matchup aspect of football. I think I if if
1: I would I mean look as good as our guys are I I hold him to a whole nother category like of good like I honestly do like I, but like maybe that's how good Georgia is and I'm sleeping on our guys and that would be a great that would be a great feeling
0: would love that. to see it you know like yeah. I'm looking forward to that battle Either, it's gonna
1: be great it, it's gonna be very entertaining if if. <laughs> Honestly, with, with the weapons that they have, Missouri's got, you know, one really good speedy back. You mentioned, I think his name earlier, uh,
0: Schrader, Cody Schrader,
1: Cody Schrader. So, Cody Schrader, they use him kind of like what what the dude from Kansas that went to the Cowboys. He's kind of small.
0: Oh, oh the so the coach's the coach's son. Um, it was a deuce. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something yeah, or nothing. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so I mean, anyway, he's
1: he's just like a really quick, great like one of the kind of players you'd love to have for a, for a reverse, kind of like a Lad McConkey, who's smaller, who's quick, real stout. I mean, he's got kind of like smaller warrant work done vibes or something like that. But I mean, he gets under his pads. He's hard to stop. So that's someone that they really rely on. And they have obviously mentioned Luther burden, but they have a couple other really good receivers. They can stretch the field and Brady cook. You, you mentioned him, but to me, I think a familiar comparison to make would be kind of like a poor man, Stetson Bennett. Like he can spread the field. He can, you know, do damage with his legs. He He can run now frequently. He, He can run pretty good runner, pretty decent passer, but he makes mistakes. And he's not consistent enough to be elite, but if he's on his game, he's hard to stop just because that style of player is hard to stop if they're
0: effective. So. If it was, if it was in Como, I could see him have. I could see him being that type of player that had a day. Right. I I still remember when we played LSU and I wasn't sold on Joe Burrow yet. The offense. Yeah. But you, you had said, he's the type of player that can have a day and boy, did he have a day when we finally met him. So.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, I think they have great timing. Like, and they're they're very willing to play loose and just go go for it. Like they throw it deep, really kind of with reckless abandon. Like, they don't really give a damn. So that's my thing on them that really makes them dangerous. While like I agree with you totally, hey, you're in Sanford Stadium. It's not gonna be easy. Our dudes are gonna be ready to play. They've they've shown to me enough on film that they got matchups that would be hard for anybody if they're on it. Like they, cause they got some weapons, like
0: well-balanced attack too. I think that's, I think that's what makes, again, it's really like a poor man's Georgia. And to, to your credit, I'm about to go into the numbers crunch here for my nerds, but I think they're a better team on the field than they are on paper. Going through these stats. I wasn't like overly impressed. Usually in a big matchup like this, there's this one area to where they're dominant, you know, top 20, top 15 or better. But on paper, and again, the game's not played on paper. They're not as good as what you're going to see on Saturday. So for the sake of paper, though, on stats, I think right now UGA is favored by 15 points, and that's going to correspond a little bit with my score prediction coming up. But as you, if you've been listening to this show, you know that Georgia is on an offensive tear, and the defense is right there as well. Georgia is averaging 40.5 points per game, good for seventh. Missouri is averaging 33.9. That's good for 27th. So right under that 30 mark, very respectable, not quite yet elite, but listen, you gotta, you gotta give them credit and you gotta pay attention points allowed per game on the defensive side. UGA still number seven, 14.8. So almost 15 after that game against Florida where they scored some garbage time points, Missouri is 54th, almost middle of the pack, giving up 23.3 points per game, uh, which bodes well for offense that is hot right now. Um, Let's see what we got here. Total yards, Georgia is fourth with 507. Missouri is 30th with 441. Also respectable. And then another category, which is where they're going to be the biggest threat. Their be- their biggest or their best stat on this list. They are 19th in the country with passing yards per game, right under 300 at 291. UGA is number four. Top five, my boy, with 335. I'm not sure if their weakness is in the trend, at the line of scrimmage or in the secondary, but I imagine Bobo's got something schemed up for them since uh, he was on the staff last year and was a part of that game, and I think there's going to be some improvements there. Uh, Rush yards per game. We're 48th with 172, uh, close to the middle of the pack. Missouri's only 75th in the country at 150. So that bodes well for our front seven who hasn't been dominant, but they've gotten the job done all year and they're getting better, especially with the return of Tyrion Ingram Dawkins. Uh, Yards allowed, going back to the defense, UGA is eighth with 272. Missouri is 38th with 333 yards allowed per game. And then the turnover battle, turnover battle, they best us by a little bit. They are plus two on the season. That is good for 43rd. We are plus one. So both teams are taking away the ball more than they give up them one more than us. And that puts us at 55 in the nation. So as you can see, nothing crazy there, even their best stat, passing yards per game is only 19th. But again, the game is not played on paper and I expect them to come in with the edge about them, a little bit of swag and really come in trying to make a statement and trying to grab that sec East crown.
1: Hey, they're going to come for it. They're going to come for it for sure. But like you said, the game isn't p- played on paper. I think the biggest thing for Missouri is that they're a cohesive team, and they they brought back, I think, like 83% of their players from last year. So this is a, essentially the same team, but a little bit better in a lot of the counts than we played last year, and mind you, they kept it close. So this team, to me, could be dangerous for Georgia, but I think it's all about how we approach the game. And to, if I'm looking at it, we got to be out physical with them. We have to play a kind of time-dominant game, really control the possession of the clock, so to speak. And we, we really need to be involved with not catering to how they play and their strengths, which to me, they play more a quick pace and you know stretch the field and score like the, their passing game is what they're going to lean on and if 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 we're playing a game where they're successful it's probably a shootout right it's probably our defense ultimately can't stop luther burden they're doing just everything right hard to imagine but that's that's the kind of game they would have to probably play, like play i don't see like you said they're not that good at running the ball we're really good at stopping the run you know our our running the ball is going to really screw up how they like to play offense in a way so i think we need to play physical get our backs highly involved lots of running and you know i'm not playing not to lose or anything like that we obviously got still need to be passing here and there on first down be creative with with that but i think that is how we keep missouri from really leaning on their strengths to where they are dangerous because if you're you know i just watched the tyson fury fight with Francis Ngannou and you know any anytime someone has that punching ability that knockout punch aka for them it'd be like Luther Burden and some you know some of the other wide receivers what they can do there you don't want to play into those strengths right now you're now you're playing with your food and where you could have been dominant you're making it way closer so that's just kind of my two cents on what I think Georgia should do but this is a great Missouri team really
0: So I want to play off that and just go ahead and we haven't done keys to the game in a while, but as you were kind of talking, a lot of that made a lot of sense to me. So I want to go ahead and give the keys to the game. And this does come off some stats as well, but stats I think are important in every game, but especially for UGA. UGA is one of the top teams in the country when it comes to converting third downs. And that lends itself to controlling possessions, not turning the ball over, getting to the red zone and scoring when you get there. So if UGA can continue to convert third downs, that's going to be a major key. Also getting off the field on third downs, the defense has been absolutely stellar when it comes to that. And then last but not least, Georgia is actually one of the worst teams as far as giving up touchdowns once offenses get into the red zone. I don't know if Missouri is more of a drive it down the field or an explosive play type of team, but when they get into the red zone, if they get into the red zone, if you can keep them out, I'll take that. But if they're going to get there, we have to make them settle for field goals or get turnovers. We have been absolutely terrible at that. The team has heard it at nauseum. You know, Kirby's been on them about that. We've been great in the past. I don't know what's going on this year, but those three keys, converting on third, getting off the field on third, and defending the red zone are going to be the keys to the game. They're keys to a lot of games, but I, I expect the stat sheet to show that this week as far as who wins and who loses. So keep an eye on that.
1: Yeah, and I think to play devil's advocate here, I listened to a good bit of Missouri football talk, you know, kind of absorbed the round the clock vibe of how they're feeling going into this game. And where they have confidence is in their corners and in their blitz on the defensive side of the football. They think that they can affect Carson Beck because he's not Stetson Bennett. He's not as mobile. They're They're hoping that they can, you know, show that he's – not as good under pressure, and he can't handle it. And they're, they're thinking that's what they're going to lean on, and they have confidence in their corners. They think that as good as our wide receivers are, they got a really good secondary. And I've, I I kind of tend to agree that is probably their strength. So Missouri really feels good about that, and they also, coming into this game, you know, having a pretty good season, I've heard it probably three or four times that this is the biggest game in a decade missouri okay the biggest game in a a decade and that's because they're actually ranked pretty high and they haven't played another high like it hasn't lasted long while they might have been ranked a couple times this high it's usually not on the brink of playing a number two team to go even further right so they are very hype they got nothing to lose and the thing that they kind of like are saying they need to double down on is this loose personality that their head coach kind of brings to the table. And to, to reinforce that, Kirby Smart himself also kind of alluded to that, talking about, you know, the cool-headed nature and also just kind of giving some shout out to some traits that he really likes about Missouri's coach. So I think Missouri has a lot of confidence. They have a lot of good things they can lean on and they feel pretty good about their defense. That said, we can get into the prediction. I have the dogs struggling a little bit because I think it does go in Missouri's favor to the fact that they might be in more of a shootout mode for a little bit, and then we put the choke hold on them. So I got the dogs on top 38-28 in Athens between the hedges gonna be a beautiful game probably get a little chilly air dude for is your birthday on the game is that is that
0: uh on a Friday so no
1: oh okay 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 I got, so I got a
0: Friday this year let's, let's get Cheeto a birthday dub Come I on. got a Friday this year but you you stole my you stole my 38 I, I was gonna go 38 but I'm gonna change it just for the sake of argument but that's that's where I'm getting I think the spread again 15. I had 38 24 good two touchdown lead in the game but what i'm going to change this just a little bit i'm going to give the offense a little bit more just to go over your score i'm gonna go 41 and instead of going 28 i'm gonna go down i'm gonna go 41 21 change my score prediction 41 21 i think it is close early i mean early early but i really feel like sanford stadium is gonna be rocking they are already prone to penalties there's going to be one penalty on a third a holding i i do think that they're going to have success on defense holding us but bobo has just shown me so much as of late and i will be the first to rant if he proves me wrong but he's just been so good with his calls deep shots intermediate uh screens they can blitz if they want to our offensive line has been great our running backs are doing enough to really keep that pass rush at bay and i i think kirby's learned a lot from last year and i think that we're they're not going to outcoach us that much i'm 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 sure about they may execute in different phases of the game, but I'm not worried about getting out coached right now. I've seen too much from this staff going and watching those uh, Kirby all accesses. So I'm really confident in that point. So yeah, 41, 21 dogs, make a statement and continue to keep moving.
1: I'm picking up everything you're putting down, but I will say that Missouri is the first team that I think really could hold their own late. If they are down, they got comeback ability. The other teams all crumbled that was that was what we saw that's in a good the, point in the facts but i do think this missouri team is built different part of it is the age of the team the cohesive nature that that brings and that knockout punch ability they can that's come point. With some scores if we start sleeping so that's the only thing i'll offer with that yeah today.
0: and if anybody's ready for four quarters you can go ask missouri they know george is in it for four quarters so you're gonna have to stay engaged for four quarters if you want to come to athens and win that, that there's no two bones about it. So I'm, I'm ready for it. So I, I hope it's a good game. I want us to be tested. I want Missouri to look like a good team. So coming out on the other side, like, yo, Georgia's for real. And they ain't even got Brock back. And that's what I got from the Florida game. And then Florida started to implode. Like you said, still think we would have beat them, but let's see what Missouri does. Let's see how they deal with adversity. And if we can still beat them after they, you know, swing back, it's going to be one of those games. Give a punch, take a punch. Or, yeah, give a punch, take a punch. So anxious to see it. It's going to be a hell of a game.
1: Yeah, for Florida, it was just take a punch,
0: take a punch. And just kept taking them, yeah. Just (laughs) imploded.
1: Exactly. Throw
0: that punch. But that's what you get when you get good teams. That's what it's about. They're not going to lay down. They're not going to make their own mistakes and fold. So unless you break their wheel, and I think Missouri's got a tougher wheel than Florida at this point. They've just shown it throughout the year. Preach.
1: Hey, let's get a rapid fire pick six, my dude. Let's do it. Hey, so I'm I'm gonna start off with like the honorable mention games because we kind of talked about which ones we both have. So Army at, at Air at Air Force, like always a big game. You know, shout out to World War Three and what what it's uh, and what may be laying
0: in store. But yeah, will they get the cardio in. <laughs> it's not yeah. looking great out here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's start. Everybody start doing their push-ups because we might be on the on the ground. But yeah. yeah, so Air Force is actually ranked. So I think that's interesting. Twenty-five, right? Yeah. So I think Air Force is. We saw what LSU did to Army. So obviously, no, no confidence in Army when you lose sixty-three to nothing. So let's just go with Air Force. But just shout out to the to the Patriots out there and uh, everyone in the armed forces. So Vet's Day coming up. Want to touch on that and then. I know we got some uh, SEC games, so let's just go to the the Mac Daddy, bro. You want to just pop it off? Like? Yeah, let's pop
0: it off. Dude, what we we'll waiting on?
1: Okay, what are your thoughts, Cheeto? How do you feel about?
0: Okay, so Alabama's defense has been as re- as really improved. They're looking like one of the best defenses in the SEC, next to another team that you guys may have heard of. It is at home. It is hard to win in Tuscaloosa. They've already taken a loss this year. But they're bouncing back. And Nick Saban, again, it's hard to beat him twice. However, I did see a stat or some chatter about how Alabama's offense is offense like yards per game, like what they can do offensively is very limited. They are not very good offensively. Granted, LSU is terrible defensively. So let's take that into account. But honestly, if just to wrap it up, Jaden Daniels is elite. I don't think, I do not think, unless they scheme up the best. Coverage and blitz package I've ever seen. I don't think Alabama's got enough defense to stop Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, and this offense. I really don't. So I got I got LSU. Just I don't know if it's going to be a shootout, but just they're going to keep shooting even when the clip's empty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give me give me LSU. I just I just got this feeling that they're just going to do it. I don't I don't know why, but I'm going LSU.
1: I'm with you, and somehow or another, Alabama ends up hurting a great opposing quarterback and sneaking away with a win. In yeah. this case, LSU's got QB depth. So either way they're in trouble.
0: It's not going to be we, no nine to six game. So I, I what don't see that.
1: Going on paper. We're going to have to be talking about, Oh, Alabama completely overshot what they've done so far. They haven't done terrible, but they have not done good enough to just be head and shoulders confident above LSU and LSU has been the threat this whole year. I think, losing to Florida State was probably good for them earlier yeah. in the season. And they could really take a step forward by, you know, trying to be a, a playoff a real playoff contender if they can beat Alabama. So
0: and even the Ole Miss game, they just ran into a team that can that has the capability to outshoot them in a shootout. So Alabama can't do that. So that's why I lean LSU. But yeah.
1: Hey, give me LSU as well. And what was the other SEC game that you
0: had? The the other SEC game is actually Ole Miss. It is at Ole Miss I got them over Texas A&M again. Same thing. Texas A&M's looking to bounce back after some lackluster performances, but that offense over there, and you know, head coach Kiffin, how he is, how he is with the other guys. So I expect uh, some fireworks and some offense.
1: Yeah, please give me Ole Miss so that that Georgia game is even more relevant. And I think Texas A&M will eventually be borderline good, but I, it's probably not this year. So yeah. Give me them, the old Miss Rebels. But, yeah, dude, the other Kansas team is at number seven, Texas. So, I think while we saw a slip up last week when Oklahoma slipped up to the other Kansas team, uh, KU, Kansas State is at Texas. Give me Texas, but in a, in a close one. So, I just want to say that. Let's throw that out there. We got number nine, Oklahoma at Oak State. I will take Oklahoma, but, dude, Oak State really could push them, and if they slip up, do not be surprised. Number 15 at uh, – number 15 Notre Dame at Clemson. This week we've all heard heard Dabo's rant on the radio. Things are fired up in Clemson. I think this is a big chance for an upset win, quote-unquote, against Notre Dame. It's going to be hard to come to Death Valley and just – Beat a pissed-off Clemson team. I think they're a lot better than the record shows. Cheeto, how do you feel about that game? I
0: got Clemson as well.
1: Okay, okay. Upset special on that one. And then we got number five, Washington, at number 20, USC. Cheeto, who you got?
0: Give me Washington, offense and defense against a defenseless team.
1: Yeah, USC has fallen off. Give me Washington, too. I think it could be interesting. And then last but not least, I suppose, Oregon State at Colorado, Cheeto. Who you got?
0: I'm going with the upset. I think Travis is Hunter Travis Hunter is back. And I think those two players, Travis Hunter and Sanders, will make some big plays. I know Oregon State's on a roll and that's your squad, but I'm going upset here.
1: Okay. Upset, upset. Give me Oregon State. You guys, thank you for tuning in. It's going to be a big game.
0: Yeah, last last but not least, before we wrap up. Shout out to the Texas Rangers winning the World Series. We got Thursday night football, George Pickens, Darnell Washington, Will Levis trying to show out again, just beat the Falcons, looking to beat the Steelers. And then also we have a commitment from a Jacob Williams for the basketball team at UGA for the 2025 class, son of legendary Dominic Wilkins. That's all for us this week, guys. Keegan, I appreciate it, and as always, guys, you know what it is. <laughs>
1: Dogs, do it for the dogs, Dogs. do it for the dogs, Dogs. I do it for the dogs. dogs.